Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening at www.dredhill.podbean.com. We're glad you're with us today. This is the episode for Sunday, 16 May, 2021. So we're glad you're here. As I've often said, I'm not sure exactly how you found us, but it borders on the miraculous because we are shadow banned big time. But anyway, you're here, and that's great. What a weird title I've selected today. What's next? Gulag Amerapelago. <laughs> what a title. And when we say what's next, it's not a question. It's just telling you, here's what's next. And the title is very unusual. Gulag Amerapelago. Well, it is a weird title, and I borrowed that, or part of it anyway, from the book by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, a Soviet dissident, that is, he protested the communist abuses in the old Soviet Union in Russia, and for that, he was put into slave labor in what he called the Gulag Archipelago, that is, uh, Gulag being prisons, but an archipelago geographically is a chain of islands, and that meant in his title that the Soviet Union had established a chain of slave labor prison camps across Siberia to imprison dissidents. But the problem was they forgot one thing. They forgot to make sure he had nothing to write with. And so he wrote a massive book, Gulag Archipelago, exposing the abuses of the communists and the Soviet Union against conscience, against free thought. All you had to do to get in trouble with them is just not agree with them. Does that sound familiar? Well, he was released from that, I believe, by the hand of God, but God used people in the United States to pressure Soviet leaders, and Alexander Solzhenitsyn was indeed freed, and he was allowed to come and live in America where he continued to speak out and write. I mean, basically, they began to be embarrassed and wanted to get rid of the problem, so they gave Alexander Solzhenitsyn to the United States. What a treasure. So I've robbed from that great title, and I've entitled this podcast episode, Gulag Amerapelago. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about, obviously, prisons, gulag, but Amerapelago? Would I dare say that, that America is in the future, if not already, to some degree, a chain of prisons? Well, hear me out in a country that's still filled with lockdowns and government mandates and proposed vaccine passports, which are digital, by the way, and will tie into every single aspect of your life, not only the financial, but your medical history and the ability to even buy, sell, and trade. Think about that. All of that would be tied into a digital vaccine passport. So 
what happens if you're not really excited about that and you don't agree with some of these things? Well, uh, government has a plan for you and that could involve prison. I believe there is the potential in America and obviously around the world to have what I would call a gulag Amerapelago. You see, government and God are on a gigantic collision course. I mean, it's obvious. Unless you spend all your time playing video games, getting high, and uh, watching CNN. Uh, you probably are completely unaware of anything I'm talking about, but there's still people out here who are a lot like Alexander Solzhenitsyn, and we see things, and we can't unsee them, and we see things, and we think them through, and what we conclude is troubling if we value freedom and the ability to to guide our life as we think best with the leadership of God. Well, the way I see it, we're heading in America and the world for either a miraculous turnaround or a murderous tyranny. Let's talk first about the miraculous turnaround. I'll admit that there's always the possibility that there could be an astonishing spiritual revival to turn the entire globe to Christ. I will never say that can't happen. It could happen. Do I think it's about to happen? I don't see it. That doesn't mean it can't. But there could be an astonishing spiritual revival that would turn the entire world to the Lord Jesus Christ. There could also be an astounding actual rapture to take the entire church, the true church, to heaven. And by that, I mean every person on the earth that currently, truly is trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. That's the true church. It's not whether it's Baptist, Methodist, whatever. It's is are you in a living, life-changing relationship right now with the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? If you are, when the rapture happens, you will go to be with the Lord in heaven. And that's based on the Bible. And if you're new to all of this and you're saying, what are you talking about? Hey, you have a lot of homework to do. You need to go back into numerous episodes previously at This Week in the Word in the series, What's Next? And there's also other series which talk about these subjects, and you need to catch up. But uh, real quick, to explain what I mean, the Bible predicts, it, it gives a prophecy that in the future, and we do not know when, it could be near, it may be farther away than we think. There is going to be a rapture, a catching up, a snatching out, a, um, a lifting out of the entire church to go to heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ is. He's coming back for us to do that. 
Say, Pastor, do you really believe that? I absolutely believe that. Do you not believe it? And perhaps you call yourself a Christian? You are either untaught in the word or you are not actually a Christian. <laughs> Those are your only two options. So yes, there could be a miraculous turnaround, an astonishing spiritual revival to turn the entire globe to Christ or an astounding actual rapture to take the entire church to heaven before a murderous tyranny. That definitely could happen. Here's the thing that I do not know, and no one on the earth knows no matter what they say. We do not know exactly the timing of the rapture. Now, I believe from 40 years of study in the scriptures, and, uh, and coincidentally, having read about 40 books, or more than that, perhaps, about the rapture of the church, discussing the Bible in relation to that, I believe that the rapture of the church occurs prior to the tribulation and the Antichrist and the mark of the beast and all of that. Not because I want it to, but because I believe that is what fits Scripture. Before the wrath of God is poured out on a Christ-rejecting world, the Lord removes his beloved bride, the church. I believe that. I am looking every single day for that event. Or if the Lord wants my death to come first, I'm good with that. How about you? You see, if you know Christ, you can't lose either way. But here's what we don't know. We do not know how much persecution we may go through prior to that event before the tribulation. We, we just do not know that. We cannot know that. And be assured the Apostle Paul said, and I don't have the scripture in front of me, and I don't think I've memorized it, but in, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says that all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Right now, around the world, many brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ are undergoing brutal persecution, even being martyred, literally killed because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is going on right now around the world. It will no doubt go on in the future. But we do not know how much persecution the church in America and other places around the world might have to endure prior to the rapture of the church. I hope I'm very clear on that. So, there's either going to be a miraculous turnaround or we are staring right at murderous tyranny. Pastor Ed, you are just brightening my day like a ray of sunshine. I do what I can. <laughs> we are either going to see a miraculous turnaround or a murderous tyranny. Number one that I want you to know is there is is now, and there certainly will be more of this in the future, an appalling 
political pressure to terrorize the globe into submission to government. And government here would be all capital letters, like government is God. There is no God. Or if there is, he doesn't matter. We're in charge here. That's what's being set up around the world right now. The push and the quest and the thirst for global government will be a government that is characterized as a murderous tyranny. The second thing is the murderous murderous tyranny will also involve an anti-Christian spiritual persecution to arrest and execute all who love Christ. Now, as I said, this is already actually happening around the church with martyrdom and imprisonment and torture. If you doubt me, I want you to read a book that you can still get, I believe, called Tortured for Christ by, I think he was a Lutheran pastor in Romania, and his name was Richard Wormbrand. He also eventually was able to escape the communists and come to America, but he never ceased speaking on behalf of the persecuted church. So this has already been going on. It's going on now, and it is most likely going to happen in the future. Certainly, after the rapture of the church, as the tribulation period begins to unfold in the world, the Antichrist is finally revealed and Mark of the Beast and all of that, there will be a murderous persecution of all who love Christ. But Pastor Ed, you just said earlier that there was going to be an actual rapture to take the entire church to heaven. That's right, I did. When the church is taken out, there will be more people after that who will read Bibles they find, who will listen probably to this podcast, hopefully. Uh, I'm sure there will still be a little money left on my card, <laughs> and this will keep going, and people will finally listen when they didn't have time before, and they will learn about Jesus Christ. And many similar avenues and ways will be accessed to learn the truth. Many people know of the truth about Jesus right now, but they have refused to worship him. And after the church is removed, they're going to wake up one day and go, it was all true. It was all real. I am living in the tribulation. Everybody that I know who loved the Lord is gone. Yes, that will happen to people. Many of them, the Bible says multitudes of them, will face martyrdom rather than bow their knee to the beast. And they will worship and love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's going to be a great spiritual harvest. And I love that because even with all the, the power in his hands, all the pressure Satan can muster, he still can't keep people from turning to Jesus, even in the tribulation. <laughs> I love that. Now, I want you to follow me very closely here because if you don't, it's going to be like a quick left turn and you're going to go like, 
Where do you go? So listen carefully. Right now. This week, I do not remember exactly how this passage was brought to my uh, remembrance. Maybe I watched something on YouTube or something about it. I don't. I don't know, but or heard it. I probably heard it on a uh, like a preaching podcast, probably. But anyway, wherever I was reminded about this, I went back and and read about it again to refresh my memory. I want to tell you about a man named Abram. You know him better after he changed his name to Abraham. But where we're following him, his name is still Abram. And very quickly, I'm going to give you a 50,000-foot overfly of Genesis 14. Really quick, and I probably missed a lot of details, but I just want you to follow me here because we're not going to read it. You go read it, and you can see the details there. In Genesis 14, Lot, who is a relative of Abram, is kidnapped by enemy forces. So Abram is on the hook now, and he knows he's got to rescue Lot. Well, Abram puts together a a small military force, and he goes against all these kings and their armies and and use some you know well thought out ideas, but ultimately it was God that gave him the victory. And in, in face of all these armies, <laughs> he rescued Lot. It's an amazing story. Go read it. On his way back from that incredible supernatural victory, first he was met by what is called the king of Sodom. And the king of Sodom, all he wanted of what Abram brought back were, were the people. Abram could keep all the things. You see, Abram wasn't that kind of guy. Abram cared about his family. And so he said, nope, not doing it. I am taking the people and you just keep the things. You see, Abram was not about materialism. He valued principle and spiritual things. He was a man who lived by a code of honor and he loved God. He worshiped God. The next person we encounter is the king of Salem. And I I do not have time to go into all of this today, so I'm not going to. You can read in Hebrews about the king of Salem. He was a priest of God. And I hate to admit it, but right now my mind is completely blank. Melchizedek, I was going to say I could not remember his name. He was an actual priest of God, but just as the king of Sodom represented Satan, who wants to capture souls, and uh, we see that Melchizedek, the king of Salem, represents the Lord Jesus Christ, who wants to be a blessing to us and to deliver us, and he cares about people. All right, you see, the, you see the symbolism there? These were actual historical events, but we see what happens. So um, Abram offers tithes to the king of Salem, to Melchizedek, as a priest of God, and uh, he is blessed by Melchizedek. So you can read all the details in Genesis 14. All right, after he leaves those events, 
I'm going to read you a verse and then I want to make some comments on it and I'm going to tie this in. Trust me. In Genesis 15, so you can only get great insight like this here, maybe other places, but you could get it here for sure. Genesis 15.1 follows Genesis 14. Whoa. So what, Pastor Ed? Everybody could see that. All right, well, let's read Genesis 15.1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Yes. Pastor Ed, I'm not getting it. All right, let's break it out. The first three words of Genesis 15.1, this hit me so hard, I started memorizing it. And I've, I've memorized this verse and I've quoted it to myself many times this week. Genesis 15.1, after these things, what things? All of the things that happened in Genesis 14. And I started thinking about that. And even though Abram rescued Lot, something else happened. It's sort of like, I'm going to use college football as an example. For whatever reason, and I am no fan of Alabama, (laughs) I like the Georgia Bulldogs. For some reason, Alabama just keeps consistently winning college football. It could be the Saban syndrome. Anyway, whatever the reason is, they just win and win and win. I mean, it gets dull after a while, but they just keep winning. But the thing is, when you're number one, everybody's looking to knock you off. Abram had just done the absolutely impossible in military terms. This little band, I think it was 318, I guess Abram was 319, but a very small group defeated these kings and their armies and rescued Lot. Abram's fame would go far and wide. And I think he, from that point on, he realized, "Uh uh-oh, I have a target on my back now. Everybody's going to know who I am and where I am. And I'm probably going to have a lot of trouble that flows from this. And I had never thought of that before. After these things, that's Genesis 14, all of that that had happened. After these things, The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. Well, why would God say that if he wasn't fearing something? Think about that. I just think maybe he realized like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, I'm in this now. And I think he was concerned about that. He just had a small little force. Are you following me? Anytime anybody decided they wanted to take out Abram, they could bring enough people and do it the way the world would look at it. And maybe that fear began to trouble Abram. And it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, fear not, Abram. I love that. 
Now, what else does it say? What, why is Abram not to fear? Well, here it is. Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. Oh, yes. Abram didn't have to spend a lot of time worrying about what others might do to him. God was his shield. Even more than that, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, he had just walked away from the, the plunder of the victory he had scored and only brought the people with him, Lot and others apparently. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. In other words, God was honoring him because he didn't bow to the king of Sodom representing Satan, the anti-God forces. Abram only bowed, so to speak. He only respected Melchizedek, the king of Salem, who represented God. You see that? Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And so this blessing that Melchizedek wished, uh, not wished, but pronounced over him begins to come about. And the plunder that Abram walked away from to honor God, God said, it's not a problem. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Amen. All right, now let me tie this together. We're talking about what if, as I think is happening and will increasingly happen and for sure will happen after the rapture of the church and in the tribulation, what if we uh, see in America a gulag Ameripelago? Remember, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. To Christians in America and the world, I say, stand firm, trust God, do not fear. He will help you. He cares for you. You don't have to know how, you only have to know who, God. When we face an America and a world of pandemics, and yep, I said it, it took me a while to be pretty sure about it, but I'm pretty sure this was a pandemic we went through. And we could get into all of that, but I don't want to, but I, that's what I think. But in a world of pandemics, or if you insist, pandemics, a world of psychosis where people are so scared that even people who've been vaccinated, which it is not... I'm just following the science here. Look up the definition of vaccination. This vaccine, so to speak, is not an actual vaccine scientifically. Look it up. In a world of pandemics and psychosis about being infected and all of that, and even people, especially people who have taking the vaccine or still wearing masks and they're, they're worried and frightened. In a world of pandemics and psychosis and passports, and I mean the vaccine passports, and even prisons, if you don't obey, 
trust God. Pastor Ed, that's all you got? That's all we need. God is enough. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And that's all I have to say about that. I want you to write this phone number down. 877-247-2426. You will not be speaking with me, but when you call that number, someone will speak with you about your soul, about your spiritual condition, about how you can repent from sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. In fact, you can do that wherever you are right now. But if you feel that you need help, call that number, 877-247-2426. With Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you can know for sure how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and the Antichrist and the globalists and all their losers and being condemned to an eternal hell, you can choose to follow Jesus Christ and come over to his side and be welcomed into heaven and an eternity with him. If you're hesitant to call that number, why don't you chat? You like to chat, right? Go to chataboutjesus.com and you can do the same thing. You can ask questions about Jesus Christ, about the fact that he, is, he was crucified, dead and buried and paid the penalty, the price for the sin debt you owe. But he rose again the third day victorious over sin, death, hell and the grave, showing that the sacrifice he made of himself, his blood was shed, that the Father accepted his sacrifice and our sins are forgiven. They are covered by what the Lord Jesus Christ did. Listen, you need Jesus Christ if you do not know him personally. We are getting to very serious times in America and around the world and you dare not go another day without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, Pastor Ed, I'm already a Christian. What can I do? You can become a, an online missionary. You can share with people online right from where you're listening. You can send this episode to people by email. Maybe you can even do it by text. I'm not sure about that. You can post it on social media you certainly can just text people and tell them where to find this podcast. Help get the word out. Did you know that the week that I'm recording this, someone listened in Ecuador? Someone has listened recently in Russia? I've even had someone listen in Siberia and other places around the world. People want to hear, and even people you love and know 
and work with and go to school with and live with and your family and and know as neighbors in your your area they want to know about Jesus Christ people are very frightened today with all the pandemic psychosis passports and prisons and they need to hear the good news the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so share www.dredhill.podbean.com with someone today and become a a missionary online. Well, thank you so much for listening. It's been my joy and my pleasure to share this with you today. And I look forward, if the Lord does not come first and I'm still here, I look forward to sharing with you again next week on This Week in the Word. Thank you. Bye-bye.